Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode. And if you haven't already, give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys, welcome. And today I want to talk about what to do when you have no idea where to start with your game. And we've got five strategies we're going to talk about, okay? And if you have even remotely delved into the world of game development, then you know how much of a struggle that it can be. And one of the biggest struggles you're going to face is the constant daily feeling that you have absolutely no idea what in the hell you were doing. And the hardest part of this is that a lot of the time, it's going to feel like you are the only person with these struggles. So before we get into anything, I just want to say you are most definitely not alone. If you've ever felt like you have no idea what you're doing and you're just groping around in the dark trying to find your way, if that's you or if that's ever been you, then this episode is for you. I know you've been there because I have certainly been there. Guys, by the end of this episode, you're going to feel a lot better about this, I'm hoping, okay? And I want to offer some strategies that have helped me deal with these issues. Making a game is hard enough without doubting yourself every step of the way. So, number one, realize that everyone feels or has felt the same way that you do right now. Feeling like you're competent at something requires a certain amount of experience. You're not going to feel like a competent developer until you've had multiple successes, and a hundred times as many failures. This takes time, usually just years of consistent amounts of work put in, right? And the thing about game dev is that the sheer number of skills you have to master, especially if you're solo or on a small team, it's absolutely insane, the number of tasks, right? And the other thing is that every single game you create has its own unique skill set requirements. Games are like people and that they are all unique, and I hope that's not too corny to say. They all require different tools, different workflows, different styles of programming. And so when you put all of this together, it becomes very clear that every single one of the game developers you know or have learned from, they've all been here before at some point, and they still feel this way at times. Even the most skilled artist or illustrator you know uses reference photos and mood boards to pick their style. Even the most skilled programmers need to research things, look things up, and refactor old code that they're not happy with. Even the most skilled level designer iterates and scraps work that they don't like or didn't work. No one does everything perfect on their first try every single time. No one. We're all students here, right? We are all learning. This is a journey. That's why, so, that's why everybody talks about this being a journey. As humans, we like to think that we as individuals are special, like we deal with unique struggles that no one else has to overcome, or like everyone around us is competent and capable except for us. And obviously this is not true, right? And knowing this and remembering it every time you start to get down on yourself, it's just going to be a big help. It's going to help you tremendously and it'll help you stay focused on the next steps, which we're going to cover now. Now that we know it's an even playing field, we can make a plan to get to that level of mastery that we're craving. So how can we do that? And that brings us to our next point. Develop a learning plan and working on your weaknesses. Do you ever find yourself saying out loud that you plan on doing something, but there's this little voice in the back of your mind that's like, you're not going to do that. Like it just knows that's not going to happen anytime soon. And you say, I want to learn to speak Italian, but that little voice is kind of like, okay, when? When are you going to make time to do that? That's not going to happen. And I bring this up because a learning plan is one of those things that easily gets swept under the rug. 
right? It sounds ridiculous, at least to me, develop a plan for learning. What the fuck does that even mean? Well, let's get real for a second, because whether you are full-time or part-time or making a game for a career or making a game purely for fun, it doesn't matter. There is a certain skill set that you are hungry for, probably more than one skill set. Programming, art, sound, music, particles, shaders, optimization, lighting, level design, etc., etc. right? It's a lot of stuff. You know this already. If you want to be successful at finishing your game, you have a lot to learn, especially if you're new. And the quicker you learn, the better. So why not treat your profession seriously and put a plan together to learn those skills as efficiently as possible? You know yourself best. You know how you learn best. Ask yourself that question. How do I learn best? You know your favorite websites and YouTube channels, who you like to learn from. You have strengths and weaknesses. What weaknesses do you have? Put a plan together and then create a daily habit that will force you to implement that plan. Even if it's 15 minutes a day, you're not going to learn much in one day, but you will be shocked by how much you learn in a month of doing 15 minutes every single day. What's really cool about this actually is my wife, Nikki, she has been learning Italian. She wanted to do it and she has this little app that she uses on her phone for probably about 15 minutes a day. That's just purely coincidence, but she is learning to speak Italian. I, I hear her talking into her phone in the other room all the time. She's speaking Italian. It's the weirdest thing, but she's been doing it consistently and she's been doing it for a couple of months now and consistently taking small little steps every day will get you to where you want. Next, we're going to talk about create without the fear of quote unquote doing it right. Okay. So I spent two years in tutorial purgatory. That's a term for when you're caught in this spiral of constantly learning from and just watching tutorials, and yet you never actually let yourself work on anything yourself. And I've heard some people call it tutorial hell as well. And I did that because I wanted to do it right when it came to working on my own stuff. I wanted to know all the best practices and what is the standard way of doing things and how did the experts do things. And this is an especially easy trap to fall into if you are self-taught from the start. But I just find that thinking this way is going to slow you down a little bit. The fastest way you are going to learn is by doing it and by doing it wrong. Do it wrong and be proud of your accomplishment anyways. If it works, be proud and I'll give you an example that a lot of you will be familiar with, okay? If you watch the most basics of the basic kind of tutorial, like one of those make your very first game types of tutorials online, you are going to learn in Unity how to spawn objects into the scene with the instantiate method. And you are going to learn how to despawn objects with the destroy method. This is really entry-level stuff. What you will commonly see in the comments section of those videos are programming purists who criticize the tutorial for not using object pooling. And in case you didn't know, object pooling is the standard best practice method of spawning and despawning objects in your scene, and it works by reusing assets that have already spawned into your scene. It just activates and deactivates those objects at the appropriate times instead of creating and destroying them. This is a much faster, more optimized way of doing it. And yet, a good beginner tutorial will ignore this at least in my opinion, because it's too much information for someone new looking to learn the basics. It's too much. The point is, when it comes to your learning, you learn in stages. You don't start by learning keyboard shortcuts for your game engine. First, you learn how to navigate your game engine and get comfortable inside. Optimization and efficiency hacks will come later with experience. Once you know what you're doing and now you want to do it faster, 
you can always go back and refactor things. So don't worry about doing things right. Worry about getting things to work in the beginning. And especially if you're new, right? And when you're ready to level up and do things more optimally, start learning those methods at the appropriate time. Next point I want to talk about is to lean on the strength of others, right? This is important for all devs. And it's particularly important if you are an indie dev where you don't go to an office and have experts sitting like right beside you or right across from you all day long. You can do things yourself 100%. You don't need other people to learn things, but you'll learn faster if you know how to leverage the expertise of other people. The master and apprentice style of learning has been around forever and it's still just as applicable today, just not like in the literal sense. And I say that and like blacksmith is the first thing that pops into my head. I don't know if that's just me or not, but if you consider yourself the apprentice because you are still learning and people online with a higher degree of expertise are the masters, then we want to utilize this the best that we can. There's Discord servers, there's forums, YouTube channels, blogs, courses, and all kinds of things. There is a wealth of expertise out there to help get you to the next level. So I would say join communities, post things, ask questions, take every criticism as an opportunity to learn to be better. Some people can be real dicks about it, but that doesn't overly matter. If it does help you, then it helps you. But at the same time, take advice with a grain of salt and always fact check to make sure that your learning is accurate especially if it's just random comments from people who want to sound smart. Because there's a lot of those people around and they might not necessarily be experts. And the same advice holds true for improving your game as well. Lean on others, find playtesters. Other people will think of things that you didn't or couldn't think of. If you think of your game dev journey as this massive canyon you somehow need to get across, other people are the bridge. You need to make your own mistakes and learn from them, but you can also learn from other people's mistakes and use their expertise as a shortcut to your goals. Use them as a bridge to cross your own canyon of learning faster. Next point is work on your game daily. If you want to be learning as fast as possible, then you should have a project going. Even if you're brand new and you're just trying to figure out how to remake Flappy Bird or Pong, which are really great places to start, by the way, you should have a project. You'll improve at a very rapid rate when you're forced to tackle problems head on yourself instead of having a tutorial handhold you through it. You're forced to take all the tools and knowledge you currently have and piece them together to form a solution. And if you can't do that, then you'll have to gain more knowledge or learn how to use more tools in order to find yourself a solution. But one of the least mentioned and one of the most important reasons for always having a project on the go is so that you are constantly daily proving to yourself that you've got this. Eventually, even if you still feel like you have no idea what you're doing, you'll at least start to trust yourself to handle things. When you've hit a wall a hundred thousand different times and every single time you manage to research or plan or gain new skills or do whatever was needed to get past that wall, you're going to start trusting yourself that you can do it again. Even if you still consider yourself a beginner or an intermediate developer, having trust in your own abilities is going to take you really far. And oftentimes you'll end up choosing the best project to work on because that decision wasn't based on fear that you couldn't handle it. So let's recap. Here are the five strategies to help you when you have no idea where to start. Number one, realize that everyone feels or has felt the way that you do now. Number two, develop a learning plan, work on your weaknesses. Number three, create without the fear of doing it right. Number four, lean on the strength of others. And number five, work on your game daily. 
That's all I've got for you today. If you love this episode and you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thank you so much. Bye, guys.